Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast. This week, Christy goes 12 rounds with a bungee cord. Austin finds a kindred spirit in our guest, Brandy Obey, and they talk about metalworkers building a wood table. And finally, I hope the utility work is done in my yard. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, good to see you this week. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. What's been going on there, Christy? Um, Well, let's see. Over the weekend, moved my daughter. Um, had a fight with a bungee cord. Unfortunately, I lost. Um, but other than that, it was a very productive, very good weekend. And then this evening, we were digging holes for the deck that's going to be out the back of the shop from the second floor. Cool. So we're making some awesome progress. And I hear the, uh, decks like holes. It's a good fit. It, it They go well together. Yes. Um, but, uh, and then tomorrow, the exciting day, by the time this episode airs, the floor will be poured and the driveway. Oh, wow. And it is exciting. Marvin said he doesn't think he'll be able to sleep tomorrow night. He's going to be so excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys calculated up what, what kind of cubic foot you got or. I'm sure he has, but I. I'm not sure. You mean like the square footage of the shop or how much concrete, how much concrete it's going to take to do all that? Um, I'm not sure, but quite a bit. Yeah. I was wondering if it was going to be one or two trucks. Um, I think we're looking at possibly three. Whoa. Okay. Because we've got the full driveway in the front. We'll have the interior, of course, of the shop. We'll also have the sidewalk. On oh, that's right. About, yeah. a, about a three foot sidewalk. And then in the back, we've got about a, 12 by 14 foot slab for the metalworking area. And then around back, back where we were digging the holes this evening, um, we're also going to have the, the spots where we're going to be putting the, the, um, the posts for the deck. Wow. And you got to remember Austin um, in Arkansas, three trucks of cement you get a family discount because all three drivers are, are brothers and two of them actually have the same dad so you get an even better kickback on that so it's a it's a little different getting cement work done up there yes <laughs> actually we're um marvin being in the industry has been the key to us making this building the shop at a reasonable rate considering how expensive everything y'all have gone pretty quick yeah it, it, and oh, you the concrete- financial rate but I was thinking well, lining all of the up contractors above. has been yeah. right. Well, yeah. I mean, contractors have been, I mean, Marvin works with them every day, you know, but our con- our concrete guy is actually on vacation this week. So we're using his guys and his equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be uh, a little cheaper than normal and uh, we'll be able to kind of get that going. But uh guess it wasn't a family vacation if his guys are still here. No. The, the the his the concrete guys two guys are there and uh, I think three of Marvin's guys will be working here at the house so there'll be five of them plus Marvin I'm not as much as I would love to take off work to be here um, to watch it and film it and everything I just you know I just don't have enough days of vacation with everything else that we've had going on or, or will be going on I know I was so excited when we did the concrete walls. Um, I was glad I was able to be here when we when we poured those. So I'm sure I'm going to be 
uh, a little distracted at work on Thursday, and I'm going to be anxiously awaiting Snapchats from Marvin to kind of give me updates on on how everything goes. But fingers crossed it all goes well, and um, that will be a big, big hurdle behind us. You know, I, what would have been a really good idea, and I should have told you at the beginning, when my uh, brother, they got they built their house, he set up a trail cam, and it was set up to take a picture at the same time in the morning and then the same time at night every single day and it made basically just like a um you know eventually i made a video you know from from all the snapshots and that was pretty cool to see the progression like that so if i was a good friend i would have said that at the beginning but (laughs) yeah especially (laughs) since we have like half a dozen trail cameras in the you know just sitting around not hooked up to anything right now (laughs) yeah that would have been a great idea yeah, so Thanks. anybody out there who's getting ready to do that, hook up your trail cam. <laughs> All right, yeah. Dean, what about you? You've been twiddling your thumbs or you've been busy? It's almost over, guys. It's almost over. Centerpoint Energy was at the house today. No way. So on what? Friday, I filed a Centerpoint equipment damage report. So I've been filing like reclamation requests or, you know, just customer complaints. I've been calling, you get nowhere because it's a subcontractor, not, not Centerpoint. And so on Friday, I filed a Centerpoint infrastructure damage report. And within hours, someone called me back and corrected me that this was not an infrastructure damage report. And I said, well, I'm not the one with a six foot hole and an exposed gas line waiting for someone to fall in it. You call it what you want to call it, but it ain't my shit. So it's somebody's. Right. So on Monday, I got a call from two different center point case managers who were both working on the backlog of, I think I filed nine or 10 open, like open nine or 10 unique case numbers trying to get someone's attention to get this fixed. So the guy calls and I'm like, look, my, I, my wife works from home Monday. We're both there Wednesday. I'm there Thursday. We're both there Friday. Any of those days, someone's there. If y'all want to come look at it. Come on by Tuesday is the only day that's rough because we're both at work downtown. So at 8.30 on Tuesday morning, a guy rings my doorbell. He's with Centerpoint and he's here to fix the, the deal. So I had a feeling it was going to happen. So I unlocked the gate before I left and I we have an old Land Cruiser parked in front of the gate. I unlocked the driver's door a bit too. And so I'm like, okay, here's the deal. You can push the truck out the way, put it neutral, push it. You can reach over the top and unlock the gate. I had locked my shop. I told Kristen to lock the back door before she left. And they came back here to just backfill this hole. Well, they were here all day today. And at six o'clock, he's like, look, we're not going to finish. We found some other issues in the neighbor's yard because all this, none of this is ever me. This is always a bordering property is the one who is the issue. So the neighbor who put her shed on top of the gas line to cause this issue back in 2019, they her shed has subsided more and it disconnected the line again. So they had to go in and reroute her gas line in her yard. So they're like, we didn't finish. We're going to have to come back tomorrow. And I said, well, here's the deal. I'm going to make you guys a killer deal that Traco leave it where it's at, leave it in my yard, because that's the only way I know for sure you're going to come back tomorrow. Unlike back in November of 2021, when you said, see you Monday and y'all never showed up again. So (laughs) they were smart. They took the keys. Otherwise, everyone on my street was going to have a new French drain. They took the (laughs) keys to the Traco, but it's still here. So they have to come back. And if they don't come back, I'm not even going to be upset because I'll rekey this Traco and I've got a new Traco. Um, yeah. You know, quick paint job. They'll never find this thing. 
So, uh, but I think an end is finally near. We'll get that area of the yard back. No more orange construction fence. This has been since November of last year. The original gas leak was in October of 2019. They made the original repair in November of 2021. And then, no one I could get in touch with no one until I filed a center point equipment damage report and they finally showed up today. So that's, crazy. Uh, now, that's not interfered with your dogs getting going and using the yard or anything. No, like so that. it was a vegetable garden back there and a okay. dog we had previously loved fresh vegetables. So you didn't have to worry about birds or cats or possums. You had to worry about this dude going in and taking a bell pepper if he wanted it. So we had actually, we have gates. So anywhere that's not the square of the backyard, I have a waist high gate with a little latch that I build. It's chicken wire with two by fours, but every little offshoot, the sides of the house, and then around my shop, there are little swing gates. So we've been able to keep that gated off. So the dogs haven't been able to go back there, but some cats moved in once the weeds got high enough and the dogs are not happy with that. So uh, these guys knocked all the weeds down. The cats are probably pissed. The dogs aren't going to know what's going on, but uh, it, it may finally be an end. Man. I've, uh, speaking of the day left that piece of equipment, have you ever boosted a piece of equipment and took it for a joyride? Not me personally, but I had an oil spill project in Mississippi and it was on this farmer's land. And in rural areas, farmers that own gigantic pieces of acreage are kings. It's not elected officials or politicians. or sh- It's the farmer who owns the thousand acres is the king of that area. And so he comes out and he's like, I don't care what y'all are doing. No trucks on my property. You're going to walk in, walk out. If you're around one of my fields, you know, all these rules about how you were going to act around his field. Well, he busted one of the operators driving his truck on a farm access road and told him, get out the truck, leave it there. Don't come, don't touch it. You can get your truck when y'all are done in three months. Don't move that truck. And there's nothing you can do. I mean, it's his property. He can do whatever he wants. Right. He can tell you you can't access and then sue the shit out of you because there's oil all over. So the dude's truck stayed there. And old boy was so pissed that the next day when it was dark, he went and stole the farmer's ATV and was driving it around town. <laughs> but That's I great. had nothing to do with that. Right. It wasn't you. Not me. As far as I know. <laughs> What have you been up to, Austin? I haven't been boosting any vehicles or anything, but um, I uh, <laughs> so I've pretty much not been doing shit. I mean, <laughs> I've been making pens and selling stuff, but man, I tell you what, I'm in, I've been in a funk for like two weeks. And normally, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, okay, I'm in a funk, grab a broom and start cleaning, and then it'll. By the time I finish sweeping up, I'm out of it, and I'm like on to the next thing. And I don't know if it's just, it's so damn hot now yes. that I don't want to like go out and like do any hard work or anything. I don't know what it is, but I've just been kind of in a funk. So I'm working on some those copper scribes. I finished them up. Hopefully they'll be for sale this weekend. Um, and besides that, I'm, I really need to get off my ass and do something. <laughs> I sold some of my leather work and stuff that I uh, posted for sale. So that's cool. That's funding some of the wiring to hook up the blacksmith shop. You know, I'm, I'm really hoping I can get a welder over there. That's, that's like my main goal is I want to be able to weld out there. And basically if you can weld, you have enough, you know, electricity and pretty much do whatever else you want to do. So. Is your shop temperature controlled your main shop? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's turned me into a pussy (laughs) (laughs) for the majority of my life. I didn't have that. And I was like, 
I could just deal with the heat, deal with the cold, whatever. I was so used to it. And then as soon as I got in this AC shop and I'm sitting on my freaking cushy chair all the time, making pins, man, I'm just, I'm soft. I'm soft as the day is long. So I'm um, not, not only literally, but figuratively uh, soft. And so I, I, I need to, I need to get hardened up a little bit, but it's so damn hot. So today I am so excited. We get to interview a fellow Louisiana, Brandy Obey from Bro Bridge. How are we doing today, Brandy? I'm good. I'm hot. It's so hot. <laughs> you got that right. It's so hot. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Brandy? I'm Brandy Obey. Like you said, I'm from Bro Bridge in Cajun country. You might detect an accent. Um, I'm a welder and fabricator. Um, I've been doing that for about 23 years. Not always full time, but but always part time at least in some capacity. So my, my company's name is Studio Obey. And so I think the over under is five minutes on when my accent kicks in. So yeah. we'll see how, how long interactions with Brandy get the uh, Texas out of my voice and the South Louisiana back in. We gonna, I'm going to pull it out of him. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandy, we want to uh, touch on or we want to go into your most recent project. I mean, Everything that you make, I've admired for a long time, whether it's your light fixtures or even the purses. I thought those were fantastic. I saw those too. But um, we want to start mainly with the table. And I kind of feel like it should be like the (laughs) table because it really covers. (laughs) It covers every aspect of making, at least in my mind. And so can you kind of give us give us like a visual tour for those that might not have seen it yet that are listening to the podcast. Can you describe it kind of how, what, what's your description of it? So I would say if you can imagine if, if everyone knows what Kamiko is, the Japanese joinery um, it's, it's based off of, it's actually based off of a Kamiko uh, screen that I have in my home, in my uh, loft reels. So there's a, there's a there's a pattern in that uh, design that I took the inspiration from. So if you could imagine a Kamiko screen except solid, so it's a bunch of pieces of of wood. I wouldn't call it uh, sort of like I guess a, a, you'd say a mosaic of wood mm-hmm. at the top. It's made out of hardwood maple flooring, tongue and groove, and then the base is. Oddly enough, I wanted to use minimal welding <laughs> on this base, <laughs> even though I'm a welder. So it's designed to knock down. Okay. So, yeah. So um, the base is made out of four six-inch by three-eighths legs. And those are held together by cross four cross members and railroad ties. And again, I wanted to use the Japanese joinery as uh, inspiration. So I forged out railroad ties from squared around to use as pins to hold everything together. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what I'm picturing is you're designing this and your husband comes in and goes, girl, if we move in this across the house, I ain't picking up all that metal. You better make that thing come in pieces. <laughs> 
I was like, how are, first of all, the, ba- the top is super heavy. So that yeah. made me, that made me real nervous to move it. But, um, the base wasn't, it's not too bad. I yeah. mean, it's, it's girthy. It's, it's, it's weighted, but, um, not too bad. And then I capped, I made a leather, I call them leather shoes or leather, leather socks for the bottom of the, uh, the four legs. So I did That's some so cool. leather stitching on that too, which I'd never done before. Um, now, one thing it looked like you had been doing or had done at the beginning, you'd made a little model of the table. So did you have the whole plan planned out before you started it or kind of what was your process as far as putting it all together in your mind? Well, funny you should ask, because it started nine years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were we, we started building our house and we were at a um, discount flooring place and they had that pile of maple wood. I was like, Oh, I should buy that because I, I can make a, a table, our table out of it for the new quote, new house nine years ago. <laughs> um, so we, we bought it all. And, um, I immediately, I was excited about it. You know, when you, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Drew the whole thing up in CAD based off of that, that, uh, Kimiko pattern that I, I, I like. And, uh, started cutting the pieces right away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And then, um, just came to a screeching halt because if you don't have those angles, like exact, it's not going to work. And they weren't. So I stacked up all the pieces and put them aside and I take them out every two years or so. Sometimes <laughs> three. I'd lay them out and I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do. And, uh, so was that yeah. two year cycle like Christmas at my house this year, Christmas at my sister's next year, and when it was at your house, that's when you were like, "I got to get this table done." Christmas is always at my house, and every year, every single year, I would say, "Well, maybe next year we'll be sitting at our new dining table." <laughs> <laughs> every year, <clears throat> but we no. <laughs> so uh, it might sound a little woo woo, but I made a vision board and I put the table on the vision board. And the the half half ass layout that I had done, you know, a, a few years ago when I laid it out, I took a picture of it. I'm like, I stuck it in in the uh, area where my dining table was, and I was like, this is it, it's happening. So, um, was, was that the picture that had four likes on your Instagram back in the day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've been on Instagram since 2012. Oh, wow. I just hit 3,000. <laughs> so I saw that and I don't understand that at all. I, I don't pulled either. It up just to see. And I thought you'd be at about 15,000. I was good. Because you, yeah, you run in some deep circles and you're very impressive. And female welders, that's very niche. Like that's worth at least 10,000 right there. I, I think it's too niche. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know why. I, don't, I really don't know why. Well, after I, this I, podcast, you're going to be at least 3,005, 3,007, somewhere like that. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't guarantee body. that much. <laughs> it might be stretching us a little bit. Oh, man. As long as I don't uh, go into the negative. No, you're good. <laughs> I got a few uh, accounts I can go through and add them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. I guess I, well, I'm not trying hard enough. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's yeah, unpredictable. Four likes. That's funny. It was, it was four likes. Um, 
again, that was probably nine years ago though. So anyway, so this year, this is how this, this is how it, it really came to be. I realized that all the angles I had cut were not going to work and I needed to redo it. So I took my, I went, revisited my, my CAD drawing, shrunk everything down and um, printed out a template for each component. And then I invested in a track saw mm. so that I love could, track saws. Oh yes. The best. I love it. So then I could cut everything down exactly the way it needed to be straight lines. Yep. Straight lines. Exact. Um, also realized that now the thing was going to be smaller than it originally started. So that's where the walnut band came, mm. came in. So I cut all the edges. Every, every side had to come, had to come off. So that was it. It worked. And then, uh, let's see. I got a five by five piece of plywood and screwed everything, clamped everything from the bottom, looted and clamped it in quadrants from the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was curious with the glue up. Did you, so you took it in like quadrant sections That's or right. did you start from the middle out? I started in quadrants, like I squared up my corner. I put a, um, like a, I made a jig the corners mm-hmm. started there and worked my way around and hundreds of screws because <laughs> those by, <laughs> I mean sitting up those pieces were pretty warped they were all you know they were pretty badly warped so I clamped them all down it worked I was so, so excited now look by no means is it perfect I am not a woodworker <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it <laughs> <clears throat> but it came out okay. Not bad. Not bad. I, I used and that walnut trim around the edge. I mean, that just really makes the whole thing pop. So yeah. I mean, even if that wasn't the initial plan, that was a really nice oh, accident. Yeah. I I'm, guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I really like it. And I used my track saw to cut a, an angle upward at the bottom, so it adds a nice little mid-century touch, which is my favorite design style. So we've got a unique situation here where we've got two metal workers who recently just built wooden tables with wood that has been sitting around for longer than it should sit around. So I would love to hear the two of you spit some back and forth about how terrible wood is to work with and all the (laughs) frustrations that come along with gluing two pieces together without a gap. So what's the biggest... (laughs) What's the what was the biggest struggle for you? Was it just the the angles, or was it um, finishing or anything like that? Um, boys, I'll tell you what: sanding is a pain in the ass. Wow, <laughs> I'll grind. I'll grind all day, every day. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what that, and then the wood moves. So, like, oh. you know. And, and I'm carrying it in and out of my con- condition space. And it's like the table's changing size, you know, slightly. And um, it's, it's a nightmare. We went through a winter. So then I had gaps and then I filled the gaps. You know, I, I did use total boat to kind of fill some of the gaps uh, mixed with sawdust. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never heard that. And I wonder if it works, it works. But it works. I've heard just glue, like wood glue and sawdust. I tried that, but it, it doesn't look as nice as total. 
I love it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to give that a shot. Oh, metal See, worker might have just thought did. of something. Yeah, I emptied out my sanding, um, the little sack on my um belt sander. Yeah, and then I just mixed some of that. Now, once I brought it in in the house, some of the things are starting to open, and I'm like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know that when I saw you post that you were gonna put a piece of plywood and screw from the bottom, I was like, that's perfect. Just get it over with. Like, don't try to make these perfect glue seams. Let the plywood be the real base. This is right. kind of floating on top, and it does what it does. But what I gotta know is what is the penalty? for the per- first person to put a cold drink on it without a coaster? None, because I use Rubio and I feel pretty confident that it's going to, uh, it's a good. So why do all metal workers use Rubio when they finish their tabletops? Well, I did some research. <laughs> <laughs> I did, my, I did research and I knew I wanted a hard wax. So. So what Rubio color did you go with? Um, it has, I forget the color. It has a slight, slight gray to it. Just you to, metal workers, there's something wrong with you. You did the same, same thing. thing. That's exactly what I did. Because I didn't want that, the like the maple, you know, when you, it was way too gold. Yeah, it's like, yep. how can I make this wood look more like metal? I know, I'll add gray. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was like almost white, almost white gray. I he almost put it on white, the 5% white. He put it on the end of his table and was like, oh, shit, I don't know about this. And then got the wife's approval and then he felt OK finishing. Oh, I didn't yeah. put I didn't put it on the walnut, though. The walnut. Uh, I oh. actually went with walnut just to deepen it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I was kind of nervous. You know, I went through all this work and then oh, if I blow this. Yeah. 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 That to me, that I was so happy, like, because I built the whole tabletop first. I was so happy to just get to the welding. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> this is going to be so much easier. <laughs> this is the part. Oh, I know. I know. And then I wasn't really welding that much, but I, you know, I had some, everything needed to fit just right. Everything needed to, you know, I did well. But how did you attach the wood top to the metal base? Okay. So I made a frame that bolts onto the the uh, four legs so that kind of that's what keeps it square mm-hmm. and then you you it attaches to the top so you did way. like insert nuts and and bolts or just just oversized holes okay well i want to go ahead and take us back into uh into the welding part then into the legs and did you have like was was the the design that you did with the legs, was that your original design or did you make some changes as you went or kind of how did that develop? Um, it's basically stayed the same. Um, I did a lot of sketching and then that model, I did the model, uh, I did, I did, built a scale model of the, um, of the base. I went to school for industrial design. So that's something that, you know, we used to do and I haven't done that in years. And so it was kind of cool. You know, so I had pictures of the top as I was working on them, on it. And uh, so I used that, you know, to, okay, how am I going to model this base? What do I want it to look like? How's it going to fit together? And after I had that figured out, it pretty much, it pretty much didn't change. The construction didn't change. Well, at first glance, I was thinking that the cross braces 
were maybe like two by fours painted to look like metal. But then I'm like, no, she would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what what I was like. So are those cross braces? Is that metal or is that wood? It's metal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's metal. And I capped the, uh, the ends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was so cool. Now the, there's so many unique parts of this table um, and the one I think that jumps out, anybody that looks at it from the side, is your railroad spikes. How did that come about? And what was the, you know, what was the process for that? I absolutely, at some point in time, I might borrow or steal that idea because, you know, for me, projects are historical for me personally, and railroads are are important to me. So I'm just kind of curious, how did that come about for you? So again, uh, sticking with the Japanese theme, I wanted to use some sort of joinery that would be used in wood, except except obviously executed in metal. Um, So the tusk joint was the clear winner. So the railroad ties, which come as squares, mm-hmm. um, I had to forge them down in, mm-hmm. into round to fit. Uh, well, it would just make my life easier, you know, if I had to drill a oh, hole. Oh, yeah. Than, you know, trying to make, you know, make square square holes. That's that whole round peg square round. hole, but opposite right. problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And obviously an homage to the high-speed trains that are so important in Japan's culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's exactly it. Right. <laughs> it was just the logical choice to use as a tusk. You know, it has a nice big striking head. And I did a lot of hammering because I don't have a, a power hammer. <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about forging. What's what's your setup look like? What kind of forge are you doing? Are you doing are you, uh, like a traditional style anvil or? I have a small, it's not real big at all. A small anvil. Um a small forge. I, I recently got one of the little volcano forges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little kit. I just got one too. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Um, I, I, I don't do a whole lot of blacksmithing and I, I do, I do, you know, I, I did invest in tongs, you know, some tongs because I don't do a whole lot, but I do some. Um, I've never like, so I can't say that I've learned ever learned the proper way if there's a proper way, but I could say that about everything that I do. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, one of these days I'm going to find out I've been doing this wrong <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and I mean everything welding. Um, I don't know. And right. we'll get back to the table, but you forge handles for purses. Yeah. Uh, sign. Um, Disp- like anchorage brackets. for outdoor sign brackets. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you do have some forging. I mean, I it's do. not as minimal as you're putting on. I I know. I think it's the, I think I minimize it because I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Nobody well, knows. Based on how the product turns out, <laughs> yeah. you're doing it right. Oh, Is somebody thanks. paying you for this stuff? <laughs> then you're say. doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it right based on how it looks. It can't you're be worse right. than Austin making nails. So no, it definitely can't. Austin, you make nails? <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, I make bad ones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not one of my, my main thing is I'm, I do machining work. So, oh, okay. um, but I do, I have a whole blacksmith shop, but I don't spend a ton of time in it. I need to spend more. 
it's so hot down here. It's kind of hard to enjoy forging. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. Like during wintertime, it's great. <laughs> right. Sure. During sure. summertime, it's like you're already in hell. Now you're sitting next to a burning furnace, <laughs> a burning forge. Uh, no. One thing else I also wanted to ask you is, um, so I do so much machining work and I was looking at your work and I didn't see a ton of machining. Is there, do you do any of that kind of work? Any um, lathe work or mill work? No, I don't. I don't. I, I've done it before at jobs, you know, but no, not in my own shop. Gotcha. It'd be nice. Yeah. It's really <laughs> nice to have around <laughs> the, um, when you go to what well, I have a super technical question for you, when you go to co- uh, cover like the legs, when you were capping them, you said you capped the capped the, the legs, welded them closed. Mm-hmm. How, what's your technique for doing that? What's your go-to technique? For capping the legs. Um, I have this little tool that, that put up, will put a 45 degree. It's a little uh, air tool on the yeah. inside. I go on the inside. Um, oh. Yeah. It, it just keeps you from having to, work around the the perimeter of the uh, of your material right so less grinding you don't <clears throat> it's just neater i find yeah easier so it's uh, it's that little it almost looks like a uh, die grinder with a router bit in it right exactly okay uh, uh yeah uh, with a, a machining bit in it it actually right. has a, a a tool in there like an end mill. An end mill. Um, sorry, yeah. And then, so you're you're cutting a piece of fit in, and you're welding the very inside of the tube, filling it yes. instead of having to ground the outside. Yes, that's exactly. Good, that's that's the pro move. That's definitely not what <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, mine just is like weld the hell out of it and then grind it back square. <laughs> oh, you know, like cap it, put it on the end, and then weld all the way around, and then oh yeah, yeah, grind yeah, it. Your yeah. your way is definitely better. And I use a, I use a magnet to, to hold it flush, you know, so I'm not dipping or, you know, everything's flat still, hopefully when I grind it. So what I've learned right now is that as I eventually want to do a little welding myself, I need to be asking Brandy questions (laughs) and not Austin. Yep. For sure. That's what I, that's what I'm totally learning with this conversation. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good, good yeah. to know. If you want to know how to weld, ask somebody who do, does it well. Not, <laughs> oh. I'll, t- I'll tell you how to run a lathe. Not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> we want to also touch on, uh, you had mentioned the leather socks or the little yeah. shoes that you have on the there. Th- Th- those are, so. I mean, that's such, a, that's such an ideal use of it, but I don't know that I ever would have thought of it. So how did that come about? Honestly, I don't even know. I just knew that I needed to, you know, cap, protect the floor or do sap some sort of end to, to the bottom where it met the floor in some way. And I was like, perfect leather. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. I, I hit up Ethan Carter. I was, I like, was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ethan, this is what I want to do. What do you think? <laughs> so it almost even looks like Ethan's style of stitching on the Yes. I thought that too. Okay. Well, guess what? I watched his YouTube video on he does a <laughs> a, a video on the his three different yeah. favorite stitches. Yeah. So I use the corset stitch. Yeah. I miss hearing Ethan every week. He's such a, a good guy. And I know y'all had a relationship. Yes, that's my boy. All right. So Brandy, we like to bring our guests in and kind of give them a rapid fire this or that. 
So one thing we have in common is we both like wearing the short sleeve Dickies. Must be a Louisiana thing. So (laughs) what's your go-to workwear? Is it Dickies or is it a t-shirt and jeans? Dickies for sure. Yep. Now, maybe not always in the shop when it's so hot. So hot. Sometimes it's too hot. I put my sister, my niece's uh, playhouse together in Baton Rouge and the Dickies made it about two hours before I was in shorts. But (laughs) if they were good enough for grandpa, they're good enough for me. That's right. All right. What is more flattering, having an art piece purchased or an art piece stolen? Oh, funny you should ask, because I've had an art piece stolen. Oh, yeah. So I would say purchase for sure. And so the uh, <laughs> the mosquito was never found, huh? Well, yes, it was. The original stolen one was found after I Let had me guess, renamed Iraq, Where was it? <laughs> It was in Lafayette. <laughs> okay. Some college kids stole it. I guess so. There was a reward for it. Uh, I was living in Baton Rouge at the time, so I was kind of out of the out of this area. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was a reward. They found the original after I had spent months making a new one. Remaking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So for all of our cooks out there, what's the better Cajun cooking pot? Cast iron or the aluminum magnolite? Well, I like to cook in cast iron, but my band's name is the Magnolites. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, and if you if you're not, I don't know if Magnolites popular ubiquitous throughout the country, but everybody, grandma in South Louisiana, had that aluminum pot on the stove. Magnolite right. was the way to go. I have a set. All right, now I have another food question for you: jambalaya or gumbo? Gumbo. That was quick. That was, that was quick. quick. Even though it's a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. And then let's circle back to the band because I, this is something that we don't get to talk about often as far as with makers that actually play music or sing, you know, sing in a band. Um, would you rather do Fleetwood Mac songs or ZZ Top? Oh, this is a killer. Cause we do both. Yeah. And I sit and the band consists of my sister and a cousin of mine who were both nominated for Grammys and their group is like the tightest harmonies you'd ever want to hear. So Fleetwood Mac is our, you know, specialty, but the ZZ top is so much fun. All right. And I do have one more question. So is the Grammy well, nomination. Make her pick. I'm sorry. I jumped in there. I'm sorry. Thanks Go a lot, ahead. Austin. <laughs> Put her back on the on the fire. Let's go. I say the ZZ Top is more fun to play. That's fun. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I got excited with another question there. Um, <laughs> as far as your family, what is what does everybody brag about the most? You being in Popular Mechanics magazine. Or the Grammy nomination for your for your family member? Probably the Grammy nomination. Huh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go well, right I mean, ahead. Go you right ahead with your Grammy nomination. You can't get more than 3,000 followers, so I wouldn't be bragging about popular mechanics. <laughs> Obviously, they don't have more than 3,000 readers. Hold so. on. Let me see if... Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I should. I need to see how much, uh, how many followers my sister has. The Grammy nominee. Yeah, because obviously nobody watches the Grammys. I'm gonna tell you that. So look, <laughs> while you're looking that up, Brandy, I actually had one more, and I didn't write it down. 
because I didn't know how to phrase it, but I, I got it now. You run in some deep circles and you've you've got to engage with some really talented makers. So if, I, I'm not a fan of best and pick and, and all that. So that's not what I'm asking. But what I'm asking is if they all had their superpower, Justin maybe's photography skills or April Wilkerson's marketing abilities, which of the makers that you've come in contact with do you wish you could take that superpower for yourself? Jimmy DeResta and his um ability to never sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, true. And just his his knack for for I mean his his knowledge about everything. That's you awesome. Know? That's a it's good well, answer. Well rounded. <laughs> Yeah, mostly. All right. So I have a this or that question, which I normally don't have for episodes. But anytime I get somebody from Louisiana, I've got to ask them: Would you rather bare hand fight an eight foot gator or a hundred and fifty pound wolf? Oh, I know the answer to that. A gator. A gator can't jump. That's what I'm trying to say. I'd fuck that gator up, and you don't believe me. I would would, fuck that alligator up. Oh yeah, I would jump on his back and no fear. Once it's you got so their mouth shut, they can't they can't do nothing. Once the mouth right. closed, right. they done. They can't swipe you with a claw. Yeah, wolf man, that's unpredictable. They got fangs and claws. Yeah, that's what no wolf. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, Brandy, if you had free time to build whatever you wanted to in the shop, no client requests, no uh, no cap on how much it would cost. But keeping within your tool set, what would you build? Well, I am kind of working on a little line of home home products. So that. So just to have the time to, to kind of prototype and design uh, that for sure. That's cool. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So you're kind of in a unique situation where people come to you for specific, you know, custom builds and things like that. What are some things if people were going to come to you for like a, a project for you to make, most people don't have access to like a a professional welder. What's some things that they should know before they come into a shop like yours and ask to have something made? Uh, Don't ask me if I can make you a barbecue pit. Don't well, you're in Louisiana, ask. and there's a lot of eight foot gators that people are wrestling. They need to cook them up somehow. Them. I know, I know. Oh, and I said, oh, you know what? Well, you can you make me a barbecue pit? No, I mean I could, but no. <laughs> right. I love that. You're like uh, the, can you, the same. can you fix my lawnmower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, sir. That's not what I do. <laughs> You're like, no problem. I'll weld it so it doesn't move at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I would I would probably do it if you know. <laughs> and I have. I, I, what am I talking about? I have. <laughs> Just for friends and family. <laughs> right. No, don't be intimidated. Well, I would tell someone, don't be intimidated. Um, I'm here to work with you. I'm I have a design background, so you know. And so as we're wrapping up, um, one of the you don't have a ton of YouTube videos, but you do have one that you recently just reposted, and it's a tour of your home and all the different things around your house that you've made. And so as a fellow homeowner who I've made nothing in my house except a bar, uh, 
how important was it to you to have that kind of imprint on your home? And what does it mean to you when you walk around and see things and you're like, oh, I made that, I made that, I made that? It was so majorly important. Um, when we, our house is actually a metal building. So um, when we started building the house, so we were able to do a lot of the work, you know, we subcontracted ourselves. So when we, we started to do the work, I, the, the, stair, the interior was already designed. I had already plans to build the staircase and the rails. That was set in stone for sure. So I designed it uh, around the fact that I could do that for, for us. You know, a lot of, I don't know what I would have done otherwise. <laughs> you know, you have these grand visions, but I probably would have never hired someone to do that. Nope. You just push through. No, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, and I was pregnant while I was <clears throat> building that staircase. This woman just said that pregnant, <laughs> she welded a metal staircase in her house that was an unfinished metal building. So you have no more, get out of your own way and just make it happen. I'll tell you, when I started, he was just, just a little flutter in my belly. And then when I, when we came, when we were installing the final part, I couldn't, I couldn't zip up my dickies. I couldn't even put them up. I couldn't even put them up on my shoulders. Your husband's like, Brandy, why are you walking so slow? Are you scared the stairs are going to fall? And you're like, yeah. dude, I'm, yeah. I'm eight months pregnant. That's why I'm walking I'm so slow up these up stairs. Yeah, yeah, I'm waddling. I probably shouldn't have been picking things up like that, but you know. <laughs> I know it's hard to not do stuff like that because, yeah, I'm with you. Look, I cried when we found out because I was like, I have to build a staircase. <laughs> <laughs> Timing, timing, timing. Yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, though. Yeah. And so what are some of the things around your house that you're super proud of when you see? Oh, the stairs and the rails and the um, like I even do little things like I made my own lampshades. Um, all the all the other furniture in the house is all flea markets and I flip, you know, I refinish yeah. and upcycle. Mm-hmm. Upcycle, mid-century. It's mid-century modern. That's the the pieces I look for, and I, you know, take things that are really bad off, and I make them, I make them good. See, and this is why I don't understand your follower count because those DIY channels have a bajillion followers. I I guess welding is just intimidating. Which, as Austin says all the time, you shouldn't be because you can always add metal back, and you can't add wood back. Exactly. Well, and I don't think I was posting that much. Like, mm. oh, we built the house in, we started in what, 2010, 2011? Yeah. And uh, so Instagram wasn't really. Mm. Yeah. I took some pictures, uh, you know, and I've posted some things, but I also sew and do upholstery stuff. So. And so on the sewing, I saw you make these little purses that you incorporate uh, like a. Oh, yeah. A fabricated handle, a blacksmith handle. Uh, how did you come up with the idea to marry soft fabric with something so industrial like blacksmith wrought iron? Um, I, I don't know. I think I blacked out one day and woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I may have been in a fabric store when I got this idea. And I don't remember driving home because I was like, oh, you know, I could do this. I'm going to do this. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, Dean, you probably know what a T-fad is. Mm-mm. It's called, it's, it means little iron, but it's a, 
traditional Cajun percussion instrument, like a triangle. Oh, like a triangle, yeah. A Cajun triangle, yep. basically. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah, and I also do those two. <laughs> there isn't anything you don't do, I think. Don't play sports. <laughs> well, in the maker world, you do it okay, all. Okay, well, I, I guess. <laughs> One thing that I took away, and this is not really a question, but more of just a comment and a, and a, to your to speak to um, how impressive you are. When I watched your video of you walking around the house and and showing all the pieces, your profile says like fabricator, welder, and I was like, no, that's wrong. Because somebody who has the design sense and the eye for it is an artist for sure, and Aww. so it should say artist, fabricator, welder. You because know, you're right. I yes. might need to change my, my that's phone. right. You heard it here, folks. First, <laughs> you heard it here first. Making a way podcast. Brandy Obey is an artist. Without yeah! a doubt. <laughs> you add an applause. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. That's easy. If you put oh. artists first, and those followers are gonna stream in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I haven't I haven't mixed my up my profile in a while, so. Maybe I need to do that. Thank you, Austin. Yep. That's what when I saw. I'm like, man, she's got an eye for design for sure. And then later I noticed that you actually went to school for it. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause there's, there's a difference between somebody who's a welder fabricator and somebody who's a designer welder fabricator. It's, you know, those are not the same people. I'm doing it tonight. I'm fixing it tonight. There you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right. So we've reached the point where I get to ask my famous question. And it's the three tools question. So if you're going to start up your new workshop, what are your three tools that you're going to take with you? I need a welding machine, okay. a grinder, and my chop saw. Okay. Oh, perfect. Are you good. going to take a MIG or a TIG? MIG. Ooh, if I knew how to... Mm, I'll take my MIG for now. And is that <laughs> a metal chop saw or a wood chop saw? A metal chop saw. Okay. Of course. I'm with it. Yeah, sounds she's like upper good, echelon. Yeah, it's not. She's not some lowly woodworker. Okay. Well, I don't know. Wood prices keep getting where they're at. More and more people are going to be going. Hey, this metal thing's not that bad. I don't know. Metal's pretty expensive right now, too. Yeah, metal's rough. It is rough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, you got before we else? go to the next thing, let's. I want. We're going to just paint a scenario here. Okay. Where the 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 head guy at NASA calls you, right? The everybody that is a welder fabricator in NASA's blanket of their 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 company, their 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 branch has come down with a sickness and they need somebody to go up into the space station and fix some of the gear that needs welded. Otherwise it's gonna crash in and out of orbit. Do you go? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Of course. I'm okay, scared of cool. heights, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it might it's not really heights in space because if you fall, you just float. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't, do look down. don't look down. At what level does it not matter? Does the scare being scared of heights doesn't matter anymore? Like there's gotta be a certain height where you're like, okay, doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if I see the earth. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's cool. I, th- I think it'd be awesome yeah. to weld in space. Be like, there's, 
There hasn't, there's no way there's been that many people that have done that. No way. Do they do that? There's no way. I don't know. I have no idea. There's no way. But you would be my pick if somebody needed to go do it. Oh, thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Brandy, we so appreciate you coming on with us. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. You can find me at studio-obey.com. That's my website. And brandy.studioobey is my handle on Instagram. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel. If you search my name, I have a few videos up there. Uh, And for everyone north of the Mason-Dixon line, Obey is A-U-B-E. Accent aigu. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brandy. Thank you so much. It's been so fun hanging out with you. Oh, thank you all so much for having me. This was fun. Uh, All right. Bye. Say bye, everybody. See you later. You We're go. terrible at saying goodbye. Wait, before we end this, she needs to tell me what the difference between jambalaya and what was gumbo. I don't even know what Gumbel. the difference is. You don't know the difference? <gasps> All right. This oh, is I a live good... in Virginia. Okay. This is a good Q4. So school this man on jambalaya and gumbo. We want to take a second during this episode to thank our patrons, uh, Marion Ward from the Creative Ward Gallery, who I saw she's got some painting she's about to list for sale if you're looking for a piece of art for your home or for a gift, check out Marion's Instagram page for her artwork. And Vincent Ferrari, who I saw is really getting into his copper jewelry journey. So we can't wait to see where you go with that, Vincent. Justin from Bear Make It, another great friend of ours. Uh, Justin just started a new job and they have a monster CNC at that job with a vacuum table. So I can't wait to see how Justin finds a way to incorporate those work tools into his making. And those three are our top tiers. Additionally, our first tier patrons include Jacob from Griffin Makes, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Keith from Blackthorn Concepts, Eric from Overall Maker Works. And we welcome this week, Jeff, a weird guy. Jeff's got a great Instagram page with lots of CNC and other projects. If you want to see some cool uh, 3D, 4-axis CNC work, uh, Jeff's got Groot and Einstein and some other carvings. You should check him out. So a big shout out. Thank you to all our patrons. And if you want to join this list and get a shout out, uh, check out our Patreon page and the different levels we have there. So for our patrons, we're going to have some additional conversation that we had with Brandy about uh, Cajun cooking and all kinds of cooking. And of course, now that has made me hungry. So I have a very important question to ask you guys. Potato sides, shoestring, French fry, waffle fry, crinkle fry, tater tot. Where where do you guys draw the line? What's your favorite? Let me go first because I think I'll be less definitive than Austin. You know, I am a huge proponent of you mess up when you try to say the best, the goat, the number one end all be all, because with potatoes, you can't go wrong. I mean, a waffle fry from Chick-fil-A is as good as a thick cut steak fry with a ribeye at the restaurant or that sweet potato fry that gets you just right. I enjoy a tater tot from Sonic. I mean, I really don't know that there's a wrong way to do a potato. I will say, not a fan of crinkle cut. I like thin shoestring cut, especially if you've got some kind of like Parmesan or aioli thing going on or some kind of crazy seasoning, maybe a sweet and sour with some heat to it. Um, I love waffle fries. I love sweet potato fries. And then they go up a notch when you add the cinnamon sugar. Um, But 
crinkle cut is at the bottom of my list. That's funny because that's I had a conversation with Anna this past weekend, my oldest, and she said the exact same thing. Yeah, because they suck. What do you got, Austin? So tater tots are a waste of my fucking time. I'm not three years old. <laughs> I don't need to what? eat tater tots. Yeah. You ever had a pocket tot, man? I mean, that's what you do with them extra pockets. You put tots in them. <laughs> Sonic them cargo tater shorts. tots? Yeah. Well, I've never been to Sonic. So um, I heard they got good ice, though, at Sonic. They do have good they ice. Do have- Special yeah. ice. Mm-hmm. I know you're an ice connoisseur. You have your own ice machine on your counter. I do. But um, yeah, so you might as well. I'm good without that. I'm good without the crinkle cut. Now, waffle from Chick Fil A is my is my jam. Curly fries from Arby's. Oh, I didn't yes. think about curly fries. Yeah, oh, yeah, Arby's curly fries specifically because they got that extra yeah. seasoning on them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then everything else is uh, Arby's is ruined for me. I can't eat it because it reminds me of this girl from high school. But the <laughs> ma- <laughs> I don't if there was a joke there, I didn't get it, but I that's okay. You don't need to get it. The ones who get it, it get it. Okay. Go so, on. I'm not fucking joking, by the way. Her name was Arby's. <laughs> I mean her, you know, nickname. Nickname, right, Any, right, right, right. Anyways. Um uh and I love rallies. I don't know if you guys have rallies there. Yeah, rallies okay. fries. I mean, are you, you might maybe checkers? Do you guys have checkers? Nope. It's the same thing. Yeah, rallies, but they're they're legit. Like they're worth driving to the hood to get, which is what you have to do here to get them. <laughs> and um, and then I like just fresh cut fries. Like my mom, yeah, you know, home makes mm-hmm. fresh cut fries, and I think home fries, yeah, they're probably, you know, that's up in the top tier. But I'm hash browns. Nah, you can miss me they with that be- tater tots. You can miss me with that. Yeah. Okay. For me, the key is crispy. Whether it's any any of those, any of those we've mentioned, if they are crispy, I will like that better than any other option limp. I want a good crispy uh, fry. Now, do you guys have Freddy's shoestring fries? Oh, yeah. Okay. That... I could see that's shoestring. delicious. And you know, so what's your- underrated McDonald's. I mean, the... the oh, fries, yeah. Their trademark... So you say fresh, they're actually fried, they're pre-cooked and then flash frozen and then recooked right. at the restaurant. So they're double cooked and that's mm-hmm. how you get the soft inside and the, the hard outside. But McDonald's requires salt. You can't eat yeah. an unsalted McDonald's fry. It's got to be salted up. Yeah. I have extra salt in my, I mean, I don't, I don't it's so rare that I hit McDonald's cause I just, it's not my thing. And, uh, but I will eat McDonald's fries for sure. And I always leave extra salt for my, either my bacon, egg, and cheese burritos in the morning to hit it with some extra salt or, uh, or, or for the fries, you know? So my mom had a younger brother and he was like the baby and he gets whatever he wanted. And when they'd get fast food, he would make her go and get him fries from McDonald's and a burger from Burger King. And I'm oh. like, how do you split up? And I'm not even a big Burger King burger guy, but the fact that he got away with I want part of my menu from one and part of my menu from another. You almost have to respect. No. That's insane pull. Terrible. <laughs> so speaking Terrible. of Austin's situation with Arby's, Christy, have you ever had fries from five guys? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I think I'm not they're a fan really of anything good, at five guys. But what I don't like is that you have to put it like on a rubber truck mat because anywhere you put it in your car, when you're driving home, it's going to leave a grease stain. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's called the goodness. It's releasing the goodness. Releasing the goodness. No. They the need longer to you drive, fries. the more goodness leaves them too. So you got to eat them quick. 
All right. Well, let's stay on this theme. Um, pizza. Do you like thin crust, hand tossed, or deep dish? Yes. Christy, which one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, the only kind of pizza that I'm not a fan of is the Chicago style where the sauce is on top. Okay. Yeah. Whether it's any of those, yeah, that's I want the lasagna. cheese. I want cheese <laughs> on top. And it, I think it kind of depends on the um, the toppings that you have. Like if it's a chicken bacon artichoke type uh, with like a. God with damn, more you're like Morley with some weird ass pizzas, yeah. man. You got well, ranch I like that thin. And... Yeah. With like a creamy sauce. I like oh. that thin. But a traditional pizza. Uh, I don't like pepperoni. I don't like pepperoni pizza. What? I know. I know. Now, I don't mind Fucking pizza. Missouri has got the weirdest goddamn taste buds, man. <laughs> I don't mind pepperoni. <laughs> what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> Jesus. I don't mind pepperoni if it's with other meat, but I don't want just a plain old pepperoni pizza. So I had kind of gotten away from pepperoni myself just because I'm one of these people, pineapple and ham. I like oh, pineapple yes. on a pizza. I so do too. When I get in a groove and I find something I like, I just wear it out and I never like, I just stick with what I like. And I was always pineapple and ham, pineapple and ham, pineapple and ham. Well, I went to like a four-year-old's birthday party one day and they had all these pizzas and I opened them up and they're all the most random ass pizzas that four-year-olds eat. But one of them was pepperoni and mushroom. And I always crispy thin crust. Like I love like a cracker type crust. I love it. This was a hand toss pepperoni and mushroom. And I'd really, really liked it. So now I've been mixing in some pepperoni and mushroom, some other stuff. I, I go to the hand toss every now and then. I don't go thicker crust than hand toss. And if I really have an option, if we're not going just like the fast food version pizza kind of things, if I can get a Neapolitan style, one of those where it's like the thin crust, throw the ingredients on, it cooks for like two minutes and it's done. Right. I can eat one of those by myself in a sitting. I think the key to having a good pepperoni you got to have that high heat where the pepperoni turns into a dish, you know, yeah, where it cups. Mm, yeah. I, gotcha. I want the pepperoni cups and I want it crisped up, you know, like almost burnt a little bit is the, is the ticket. So my, one of my go-tos, we call it cheese toast, but I know a lot of people call it ghetto pizza. And so if you grew up white trash, like me, um, you take a piece of white bread, you put it into the broiler in the oven, right? Toast the side, pull it back out, flip it over. Then you place up, you slap a piece of American cheese on each one. Then you, you take the boar's head or whatever, you know, the, the white trash the, this dude's eating name brand. Well, that's cheese. what I do now. Cause I'm not okay. white trash anymore, but okay. back in the day I was using just a hard stick pepperoni where you slice it yourself and you cut it thick enough that it does your, it, it's like the poor man's pizza. Right. So, you know, and, uh, and you put that under the broiler and then right at the end, you lift it up to the broiler where it just whoosh, smokes all those things off. Dude, that's like the best ghetto pizza ever. Kristen, no. for a snack, one of those like you're hungry, you need to eat something before I kill you situations. Angry. She gets a wasa cracker, which is like a it's it's a thick, larger cracker, like maybe like a note card size. And she puts two pieces of cheese on it, throws it in the oven on the broiler, and then she eats cheese cracker. And that's cheese like cracker. her snack. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Mm. Sounds like somebody that's skinny and it's not just using bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Here's another question. What's your definition of soup? And then I have a follow-up question to that. Soup is for the most part, something I don't eat. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Like my wife okay. is a soupaholic. 
Like that's her jam. I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to drink my lunch. Yeah. And I, I think what you're asking is thickness and consistency. Like where's the line kind of stuff, you know, with soups and chowders and, and I don't know if it's in a bowl and I use a spoon, it's probably soup. So is cereal soup? No, it's got it. Oh, I guess soup can be cold. I don't know who punishes themselves like that. So here's the thing with cereal. I eat cereal a little differently than most people. Oh, I don't put milk in my cereal. I just eat cereal dry and I eat it in a cup, not a bowl. So I take like a, you know, a, a just a cup, a plastic cup. And I fill that with cereal and it started because I could eat that on my drive to work. That's so what I was that, thinking. It's a snack. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then at late night, if I want a snack, I'll get a cup of cereal and I, I don't put milk in it. So to me, cereal and soup have nothing in common. Okay. Very good. Where's your line, Austin, with soup and cereal? I don't consider it. I mean, I'll eat cereal, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, I'll eat soup, but it's not my, my go-to. I'd rather eat cereal than soup for sure. <laughs> I'm a- for sure. Especially okay. for, what's, what's your go-to cereal? Me, I, um, I like um, the Cheerio variants, not the regular Cheerio, but right. I'll do the apple Cheerio, the chocolate Cheerios, the different Cheerio variants I'll do. Honey nut. And I like checks. So I like the cinnamon checks as my go-to late night snack. The chocolate checks is if I feel like I deserve a little something extra, I'll buy that instead. But well, I typically a have a little strange, you know, uh, I typically, I was going to say something really inappropriate right there. Uh, I typically have two boxes of cereal in the, the cabinet at all times. And one is probably Apple, the Apple, whatever Cheerios and one of the checks variants. What about you, Chrissy? Um, I think I've got honey nut Cheerios downstairs in the pantry. We're not big cereal eaters. I mean, it, yeah. if we eat breakfast, it's something and eggs. Bacon and eggs, sausage and eggs, something and eggs. Um, but I think this evening when we're done recording, I think I'm going to have a, a little cereal snack before I go to bed because otherwise quick, it's going to go bad. Quick soup bowl cereal. There you go. Yeah. But I, I mean, I like gra- uh, golden grams and um, honeycombs. Now, the one, to, one time when my, when my girls were little, they wanted name brand cereals. And most times I would kind of buy whatever they wanted with cereal, but they would want those stupid little cocoa or no, those cookie crisps or whatever Mm -hmm. there was. They were made like cookies. Yep. Cookie crisps. And I'm like, on principle, I am not buying you those just solely, even though they probably got the same lack of nutritional value as any other cereal on the deal. Right. Just on principle, I'm not going to buy those. Well, a few years ago, Katie's in college and she's home and she's like, mom, can we please buy these, you know, cookie crisps or whatever they were called? And I'm like, okay, fine. And you're like, look, we can either buy cookie crisp or you a bigger pair of pants, but we can't do both. (laughs) Well, so we get home and she, she makes herself a bowl of them and she starts eating them. She's like, God, these are disappointing. So all of those years, she was looking forward to uh, the cookie crisps. And then once she had them, she was like, these aren't even any good. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't waste my money on them very often. Just that one time. Yeah, I'll eat, I'll try that cookie soup. <laughs> I'll try that. <laughs> I'm, I'm fr- I, I, I like the two different. So I like Fruity Pebbles. 
which sure. is just gar- complete garbage. Sugar. Like, they're good. They're good. Yeah. I mean, no, they're delicious, but it's just complete garbage. You know, it's like rice and sugar. And then uh, I like uh, raisin bran too. Okay. So, but I'll cut up like a banana in there. So wait, you, before we go, it, make it a little different. Before we go, you're going to cut up an apple. How do you cut up the apple? I've got a slicer. So you, you have one of those slicers that partitions with the, the hole around the core and you push down on it. Yep. And okay. it cuts it into like eight of the, yeah. Of okay. The, Super of the efficient. Slices and cores it right out the middle. All right. One awesome. thing. So it depends on if I'm cutting it for me or for the kids. Okay. Let's hear both versions. So for the kids, I, uh, well, for me, I go straight down on one side. Okay. You know, like off the, off the side of the core. To get a flat side. Yep. Yeah. Flat side. And then turn it 90 flat side, turn it to 90 so flat. Just, I just work so my way around flat around sides. the core. Yeah. Okay. And then for the kids, I do the exact same thing, but then I lay all the pieces down and slice them into like finger size pieces. Okay. That it's very sense. considerate of you. So yeah. I lay it on its side. So if it's like the earth, I lay it where North and South are opposite, you know, on the plate and I cut right down the equator up up the apple so it's it's cut like on the lines of latitude up the mm-hmm. apple and i don't there is no core you have one of those segments has the seeds that you have to kind of cut around but the majority of the rest of the apple is eaten and if it's a questionable piece i just give that piece to the dogs oh, <laughs> your dogs like apples so let me preface anyone listening Dogs should not eat the seeds of apples because they have trace amounts of cyanide. Now, for dogs the size of my dogs, they'd have to eat a bushel of apples for it to matter. But my dogs love apples. The dog we had before that that passed a few years ago, if you had an apple in your bag or in your briefcase, he would go and sniff until he got it open and would take the whole apple out of your bag and then go in his bed and eat it like a horse. The whole apple. (laughs) So the dogs we have now, Louie loves bananas. Coco loves pears and broccoli. We never had a dog that liked broccoli before. Coco likes broccoli. But Madeline loves apples. So the Labrador loves apples. Yeah, my aunt one time had a dog that flipped out over lettuce. Lettuce? Yeah, like the weirdest. We dipped our Yorkie lettuce and she'd spit that shit on the ground like, give me something good. Dude, we yeah. had a chihuahua named Dewey and uh, we would, he would steal, like if we were having like fajitas or whatever, he'd steal a small shrimp and we're like, oh, he's just going to go eat it. Four months later, you find it in the couch cushions. <laughs> so we're like, what is this? Oh, it's a fucking shrimp. Yep. They bury <laughs> so, that shit. Yep. So gross. He'd never eat it. He'd just always hide it. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear feedback from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at making our way podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. I'm at high caliber craftsman. Christy is at twisted twine woodworking and Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. Thanks again, friends. My, a friend of ours, they put uh, the little baby carrots in their bowl of like with their they dog. They love food. baby carrots. Yeah. Huh. I'd never and noticed crunchy that. Stuff the, like that's good for them because it helps clean their teeth. That's what Terry was saying too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, huh, I had no idea. So I've tricked my kids in eating carrots by telling them that carrots is the only way that uh, Superman got x-ray vision. 
because carrots are good for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so like every time my kids eat, they'll eat it. And I'm like, okay, how far can you see now? And they're like, wow, I can see all the way to the other side of the road. I'm like, okay, eat another one. And they're like, oh my God, I can see the tree line past that. And me and my wife are just cracking up. And we're like, here, have some more, you know, like <laughs> that's pretty good. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> 